Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to CHGO White Sox Podcast. And welcome in to Studio B of our beautiful West Loop Studios. My name is Herb Lawrence. I am the host today for CHGO White Sox Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. Ecknerwall23. That's Lawrence spelled backwards. 2-3 for Rob Ventura. The guy all the way to my left is Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat writer. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber and the man in the middle. It's Chris Pennant. You can he's on the CHGO Sky podcast, one of our new hosts. So Chris Pennant is a White Sox fan. He's a great guy. He plays for Chirp on the softball team. As soon as they get kicked out, he's gonna join the wow. CHGO team. I'm kidding, Chris. <laughs> but Chris, I don't check out your Twitter and we don't have a thing. Well, so what is your Twitter, Chris Pennant? Oh, it's great. Um, it is uh, Quandary Kitten with a KW uh, from our Bradley University improv troupe. Every every name had to start with a K or be about barbecue. So that's where that comes from. And, and Elon can never take that away from me. <laughs> uh, Elon are, you, are you daring him? He I, might, you know he might try. <laughs> if, after he loses that Zuckerberg fight, he can come to Chicago and fight me too. I will fight Elon. Um, well, what do they say in 300? We'll fight in the shade. I'll fight him anywhere in town. I'll fight him at Wiener Circle. I'll fight him at, at, at AP Deli. I'll fight him at, at Moons on Western. I'll fight Rainbow Elon. Cone. Oh, Outside? on 92nd? Yeah. Which Aurelio? You wouldn't have a chance. Any Aurelios, or is there a certain Aurelios? You got to go to Hoff. You got to go to uh, Homewood. Apparently, the Ridge. That's the one. You got to go to the Ridge. Oh, yes. or, or the beggars. Not the one Island. in uh, Geneva. I mean, I've been to that one multiple times. It is fine. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> so we're gonna have a good time today because we're gonna be discussing how we fix the White Sox. And I just want to have a disclaimer, folks, before we get started. I know you're in the comments section. You need to fire this guy, this guy, that guy. That's me. I'm there, but I'm gonna be realistic. Rick Hahn's not going anywhere. Kenny Williams not going anywhere. Jerry Ryan's not going anywhere. So we're going to try to fix them with the current people who are on the roster and the current front office staff. So let's have that in our minds and go for it with that. But first, before we start that off, let's uh, talk to our guy, Chris. So, Chris, we usually ask our people who come here or our guests, how'd you start being a White Sox fan or a White Sox exerber um, back in the day? Like who started you, your dad, your mom, cousin, grandfather? Uh, it was it was me and my mom growing up. Um, and my dad was from Jamaica, so cricket was it for him. Um, my mom took me to, uh, she has a ticket from 1992 that's a White Sox twins ticket. And I remember at some point when I was a kid, she worked at Ameritech when it was still Ameritech. I do remember And that. so she got Skybox tickets. And the next time we went, we were sitting out in the stands, I think on the first baseline. And I was like, why aren't we going to our seats? Because I thought that's where we <laughs> sat was the Skybox. And she's like, no, that was that was a one-time thing. But she, her her family, her like cousins and uncles, they liked baseball. She was just like, I want, I'm going to take my son to these things. So he's not hanging out doing whatever. So she would take a book to read um, in the outfield while I watch the games. So she, you know, it was my mom to start. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, if you want to watch, we, we're not getting cable. You have to find a way to listen to the game. And if you want to go to the game, you have to, I have to be able to go to the game with you. You're not going in, until I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So it was really my mom who got me started, but I had to kind of make my own way in this. So I found the radio and I read the newspaper every single day. So it had to be um, 
we had to get the late edition if the Sox are playing on the West Coast because otherwise you wouldn't get the late sports final in the like early edition newspaper. It's great. It's a great story. <laughs> I remember I mean, those days. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, like when you say those things, it just brings me back about you know reading. The newspaper, like I haven't actually picked up a newspaper, a physical copy of a newspaper in probably 10 to 20 years. Like Damn. once it went digital, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, when you used to write in and well, I used to write into the score back in early 2000 and have the Sun Times because it's a good reader on the on the actual train because it's just a nice tabloid style. Yeah. And like the feel of a newspaper and smelling that newspaper and then reading the box scores. Cause yeah, at their a certain period of time, you couldn't, you know, stay up to watch a White Sox game. You couldn't, you know, do all that stuff. And when I was a child, White Sox were on sports vision and yeah. we didn't have no damn cable. <laughs> we weren't, we weren't paying for cable. That's why people ask me. It's like, Hey Herb, do you watch this, that, and the other on HBO when you were kids? Like, no, we didn't have cable. No. We didn't have cable and we're not paying extra for uh, HBO. We weren't rich like that. So it's good to see another person that is uh, like-minded and had a, had to grow up without, you know, exactly. Now I'm, I got this HBO max thing. I'm catching up on all, all the shows. This, uh, this show secession. I think you guys should watch it. I'm, I'm, su- I'm suggesting you uh, old ass show. <laughs> I was, it's, it, it's like brand from this year, isn't it? I, no, it's it's four. It's in its fourth season. I'm still in the second season. You gotta tell me because I I want I started watching Billions and people told me about Succession, but I started watching Billions during the pandemic, and I couldn't keep watching rich people fight over like very rich people problems mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So I haven't picked up Succession yet because I know there's the acting oh, is you, great. You chose poorly. Billions went off the rails pretty quickly. Oh, okay. Succession is where you should have okay. it out. Yeah. But I hear you. Yeah, these people are like, I was like, if you're that rich, what's to argue what's about? What's the issue? Yeah, you're good. You're, you're smooth. Every day of your life is cool as hell. Oh, you, get to travel to, you can travel to the UK every once in a while, the Hamptons, all that good stuff. Oh, the amount of, the, the amount of private jets that they just show on that show of them just flying to Europe here and there. It's amazing. If I got to think of the budget of that damn show. Yeah. They're actually filming out these places. I'm like, good and just gracious. This yeah. show's good, but are they making money? Because they're like, spending all many, their money on location shoots. How many fights are on private jets? How many oh. times do they fight on a private jet? I would never fight. <laughs> exactly. Obviously. In real life? Oh, no. On, on in, this, oh, in these programs? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't ever get on a private jet. You don't get jet. into them? I'm just laying back. Have you watched any of these, Vinny? I, I don't do that serious business. Okay. I want, I want something. I want some, you know, silliness. I give, you know, I just watch, I just watch 30 Rock on repeat pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Parks and Rec on repeat. South just side? all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Have you checked out South I haven't South seen South the South Shy or Southside or any of the shows that are from here, but I heard they're good. South the Showtime one and there's the good. HBO one, right? Southside's the one that's on Max. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Southside is fantastic. The, the episode with the mild sauce meatballs is pristine. Yeah. I should get into more of it. I, but I actually ahead. love the one. Uh, they did the Ferris Bueller's Day Off that was parody. That was brilliant. Where they went to the really Gustavo brilliant. Museum. Yes. I love that episode. Yeah. That's a winner right there. Hmm, I need to get into those because that sounds uh, very exciting. It sounds a little bit more, you know, like to what I have ex- actually experienced because I will never be a billionaire. I'm yeah. putting that out in the, <laughs> yeah. in the atmosphere because people think I can jinx thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll jinx, be in the, yeah. the, the reverse jinx and, and I'm just I, a billionaire I, I arguing everything. I was in uh, season three, episode one. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. oh, you haven't seen season three yet? No. Come on. Come All right. CHGO's own Io DeSumo's on Southside? <laughs> yes, he has. Is he wearing a CHGO yes. shirt in the show? Uh, he, oh, no. I, we, uh, that was a mistake. Yeah, on we should have we should have worked with that. Yeah. yeah. Just, I think it was filmed, just, filmed prior to. Just uh, put it in there. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, you got to show up every once in a while. And then also, if you're ever on a commercial, wear our shirts. Let's <laughs> like this do, one, yeah. the, the, the 8-bit <laughs> commercial uh, shirt I have on right now. But we're not here for all that stuff. We're here to fix the damn White Sox. So with the caveat I put out before, where no one's getting fired, everybody's coming back. Let's start off with the starting rotation, because what's going on right now is the White Sox have two people under contract that are definitely going to be on the starting rotation if they don't get traded. Dylan Cease at the top of the rotation. Michael Kopech is going to be the number two guy as of now. And I put question marks between Tuki Toussaint and Jesse Schultons because they have pitched well, and I'll put those definitely in quotes. Who's that fifth guy, and are they going to go into next year, Vinny, with those four guys as the starting rotation? Um, and it's tough. Listen, <laughs> listen, Tukey and Jesse have both pitched well. There's no doubt about that. Um, but 
sitting here right now, you know, they're going to have to pitch really well for another month and a half, I think, for anybody to think that them both being in the opening day rotation is going to be contending starting rotation uh those guys are great to have um as pieces that can swing back from between the bullpen and the and the starting five they're one of them might pitch well enough to earn a spot earn a shot at that number five job but if you are truly going to try to make the playoffs and win in the playoffs you need a little bit more certainty and uh it, you know you already have uncertainty in one of the guys who is going to be there in michael kopech mm-hmm. um so they need to do a lot of work in my opinion, on the starting rotation. Heck, even if Tukey and Jesse both continue to pitch really well and both do that, you don't know that they're going to be able to repeat that come again next year. So go out and get yourself some depth. You know, the the White Sox might not do anything more than add to the bottom of that group, but that would be important right now because you need the backups in case Tukey and Jesse don't make it. Jesse was picked up in the offseason on a very, you know, in a, in a small transaction. Tukey was a waiver claim in the middle of the season. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy who you didn't even have as part of this organization at the beginning of the year was frankly discarded by another organization, right? And so if you're going to go out and bank on that, being repeatable bank on oh well he's gonna give us 30 starts next year (laughs) really so i mean and and he could but do you want to put all your eggs in that basket i i think you got to go out and get multiple starting pitching options because the guys that we talked about as depth at the beginning of the year back in spring training some of those guys never even made the majors or or haven't been back certainly they got they had to get rid of aj alexi he was awful in in triple a nate fisher where's that guy i mean so like (laughs) i mean these are the minor moves that they made that that could have turned out well and they have in the case of jesse schultons who's been quite good but you got to make a lot more to give yourself a better chance of having backups because we saw what happened when davis martin went down with the with the tommy john this year there was no safety net and, uh, you know, it, it, it. then you go ahead and you get rid of two of your starting pitchers in trades at the deadline. We talked last night. You, you guys asked me, can Mike Clevenger be back? Maybe, I guess. I, I would have never said I would have never said yes because of the all the missed time with yes. the injury and the fact that he just hasn't really been terribly, overwhelmingly impressive. But if he's going to keep doing what he did last night, all of a sudden, considering the number of holes that they need to fill, that becomes a little bit more realistic, you know, at least it's just a possibility. So we'll see where they go. I just think they have to do a lot of work regardless of who they have and make part of their plans. I think they need to do a lot of work because they're going to need a lot of backup plans for this rotation next year. And that's the thing. I think Mike Clevenger has the leg up because his contract is pretty team friendly I think it has a mutual option with the White Sox I think it's only 12 million dollars and their dearth of starting pitchers makes him look very very uh appeasing or appetizing for the White Sox to get him as a third starter in that rotation and then they can go out and look at some of these free agents I have on the list and maybe supplement the starting rotation if they don't want to have Jesse Schultons and or Tuki Toussaint in the rotation there's top end guys I mean you're not going to get Shoei Itani Stroman's probably going to be some Somewhere else. Kershaw is probably going to re-sign with the Dodgers. But Gilito, Snell, Gray, Nola, Hanju Ryu, there's a lot of good arms out there that are mid-market guys, two, threes, fours, or fives that the White Sox are both familiar with, like in Frankie Montas and Johnny Cueto's uh, uh, case. Mike Clevenger's out there with the uh, mutual option. But are there anybody on that list that you say the White Sox realistically have to go and get Chris to make sure that this starting rotation is more competing for the 2024 AL Central crown. Sonny Gray is a good guy to get. He's fairly steady. Um, I'm, I'm talking about if you look past those first three, even the four guys, because I know it's it's very um, pie in the sky to say that they would bring Giolito back, and they could bring Giolito back, but for my money, let, Gialito, let Lucas Giolito fly. Let him <laughs> spread his wings somewhere else. Let him transfer schools and, and enjoy life for a change. So Sonny Gray, Aaron Nola is a guy I think that is always kind of up and down in terms of, oh, his ERA is good, but is he actually a quality pitcher? And I've always liked what he's brought to the table. I liked how he pitched in the playoffs last year. I think he's a guy that could get you to that contention window, even in the um, super balanced schedule now. And then going down the list, maybe Martin Perez, who's having a down year after a really good year for the Rangers last year. I See them probably signing him to a short-term deal just because you don't give up on a guy like that. 
in one year, especially within an organization historically like the Rangers, who have not been able to typically develop long-term starting rotation guys. Um, so either Nola, Gray, Hunjin Ryu, maybe Martin, Martin Perez. Um, and I, I want to be fair, and I also want to be frank. Okay. I wouldn't sign, I wouldn't sign Julio Urias for the same reason I wouldn't sign Mike Clevenger back. And I'm going to leave it at that. I hear you. I hear you. But I'm going to push off of that and say, is it important for the White Sox to diversify their starting rotation? The last couple of years since Carlos Rodon has left, they don't have a left-hander in the rotation. Would a guy like Urias or, you know, Kershaw, Hunju Ryu, Martin Perez work in that case just so you can just stop all that right hand and the sameness in the White Sox rotation so you get a little bit of diversity and then, you know, three game set, you don't have three right handers and they get used to all the guys and then in the third game of the series, they crush that guy. I can pretty much tell you what Rick Hahn's answer to that question would be, which is, yes, that would be nice, but it's not necessary. Okay. Um, and I think the point at the end of that answer, because he's given that answer in regards to similar questions that have to do with the lineup and, and, the, and the pitching over the years, right? I think the point of that answer is, if you have five good right-handers who are getting guys out on a regular basis, what does it yes, matter yeah. whether they're right-handed or left-handed? That being said, though, if you have three, three open spots in your rotation – of course you should go out and make one of them a left-hander, right? I mean, that just makes sense to go out and do that. Now, if they can get the three top right-handers on the market and they can't <laughs> sign any of the lefties, okay, sure. But I think the, I think the idea is they have, they, they're going to have, in my opinion, such a big need there, multiple players, yeah. that they have the opportunity to do that, right? They don't need to say, we've got one spot open, let's just go get the best guy we can get. You could have as many as three spots open. So go get... Oh, the best righty you can get, the best lefty you can get, and then have the third one be a nice little wild card there. Um, and and in that in that vein, you know, the question you asked Chris, I'll, I'll answer it kind of also. Who should they go get of that list? They should go get several guys on that list. Yes. Now, now that doesn't mean they should go get one, two, three. You know what I mean? Ota oh. Get Otani, Kershaw, and some other future Sorry, Hall of Famer. Otani, like, you can't come on the team. we got to get lefties. Not enough yeah, right. Japanese population get out of here. in Chicago. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Turn your head, Be a left-handed thrower, and we'll get you, Otani. I, I, and he so I could. I mean, he might be able to. Yeah, he, that's very true. I think I saw today he's in the he ranks in the top six of the three triple crown categories in both batting and pitching. That's it's just dumb. It's just, <laughs> it's just dumb. Like, have you ever done anything in your life that is just as good or even come close, a percentile close to what Joey Tani well, is Well, I think the actual question should be, have you ever done things in your life that is as good? Because he's doing two jobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> won the seventh grade spelling bee. I was good at that. Did you also oh, win the seventh grade math bee, though? We didn't have Did one. Did you? I, I, no, I, I'm saying I, like I, not what well, the equivalent contest. is but I know doing you're, both. Yeah, you're a spelling bee guy. You finished third, no, right? No, 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 no. That's not me. No, oh. we didn't have spelling bee. No? Yeah. Oh, what? We didn't have no spelling bees in Geneva. Oh, that's, that's weird. weird. I don't know why. This, then everybody just knew how to spell it. Like, everybody, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, right. Everybody like, knew all, the, all the words. Yeah. That was me. I finished third. Oh, now okay. the two people who are uh, who finished in front of me, one's a lawyer, the other one's a doctor. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They're much better than me. I was just spelling like there correctly, the correct there. And they were like, you know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I was like, get out of here. Who cares about that? I didn't even get a trophy. It was ridiculous. Wow. But for that team, for that list of players and pitchers, I think that the White Sox, like you said, Vinny, getting two or three of those guys, even the guys at the bottom end sound good to me because – they're better than the players that you have. We saw Michael Lorenzen throw a no hitter last night for the All Phillies. Star. Like he and and it's also it's addition by subtraction because every time Michael Lorenzen pitches versus the White Sox, mm. zeros are up there. Last year versus with was with the Angels. This year with the Detroit Tigers, he he went into deep into that game with a no hitter versus the White Sox this year. So I think that you know getting you know Carlos Carrasco, even a guy like that, Cookie Carrasco, will give you the good innings that you need if he's healthy. You can actually, you know, progress. And in this week, AL Central, getting a guy like even Alex Wood would be solid for the White Sox. I'm not asking for Otani, even though it would be good if we go from White Sox. You would you would mend a lot of fences if you got Joey Otani. And also, I would wake up as a billionaire. But you can get any of those two pitchers uh, that on that list, and the White Sox would be much better than they are right now. And then also, ready to compete. 
And getting Sonny Gray, you take him away from the Minnesota Twins, who are currently in the lead for the AL Central, and you add him to your rotation. He's a nice two-three piece, a nice complimentary piece for Dylan Cease, and then you put Michael Kopech in his proper perspective. Not too much uh, pressure on him as being the number two starter for this White Sox team. They can relax and be the three-four starter and just pitch. I wish this offseason Michael Kopech just realizes the games that he pitches well of the games where he's just pitching to contact, when he's just trying to throw the ball over the plate and let the guys hit it, not trying to strike out everybody and not trying to walk everybody because this guy's got uber talent. We saw it the last start where he showed out where he's Michael Kopech. He's the guy that we expect him to be. And then more often than not, it's home run, home run, home run, home runs, walk, 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 walk. And so, yeah, the White Sox need a lot of help. But after the break, we will talk about the two positions in Naivini, you've gone over this before, like the White Sox don't have that many positions available to fix this year. And so we'll go over the two positions that they actually do have some openings in at second base and probably catcher. But I got to pull up this read first. It's not coming up right now. Chris can tell us while you're trying to pull that up what word he won the spelling bee on. Oh, my God. It was seventh grade, man. You took, put me on the spot. <laughs> you don't know. You got to remember that kind of thing. It it's was a life-changing moment when in a seventh no, grade spelling bee. Just I, make honestly, up a really hard word to spell. Um, ombudsman. There you go. Yeah, we'll That's go with one. that. There you go. It's, it's journalism uh, related too, right? <laughs> no, it was, it was a legit thing that I had not made it to the school finals for me. Like that was my, that was my white whale because I was runner up in second grade and then kept getting out on dumb wow. words. And it was a five-year quest. I wanted to get back there so bad. <laughs> and the funny thing was, the they had like a drama competition too, and the drama competition was same day as the city finals, and somehow the school mixed up the days or did not get, they didn't let me know that the city spelling bee was that day. So I finished the drama competition and the principal comes up and is like, Chris, I'm so sorry, the city spelling bee was today. Hmm. And we did not let you know. And I was, I was heartbroken. That's brutal. It was tough. <laughs> I was, I've been watching these, these homeschool kids on TV <laughs> for years. And I was like, I'm going to take them down. Keller gifted public school in Chicago is going to knock all of these kids out of the water. And I didn't even get the chance. I didn't even get the chance to go national. You should see, you should see if that, if it, they still would allow you to compete in the seventh grade spelling bee finals like this year, like is this next like year. Bad words that Jason Bateman movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. There I would go. do that. I would do that. <laughs> Let's right. get him in. Start the, start the campaign now. Let Chris spell. It's like the old Mitch Hedberg joke where he says, you know, if I played little league now, I'd kick all their ass. <laughs> Yeah, kids are not that good. I don't Especially know, when you're a 44 year old. These little I'll leaguers, these 12 year old little leaguers are like 6'2. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they and play and baseball like all the time. That's the only problem that specialization of just playing one sport mm-hmm. where you see the league, especially the NFL, filled with people who played multiple sports like our guy Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes playing baseball and football. So. Probably throw an Kids. 85 with some movement to diversify yourself and also don't play these travel teams unless you actually get called to the travel team and it's free. God, thank don't you. pay like $600 to <laughs> be on a travel team, they'll accept your money even if you're not good at all. Uh, little uh, aside, Sunnyside is your home for judgment free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. One stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are in your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering, in store pickup, and great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards. Illinois' favorite dispensary from city to suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North. Champagne to South Beloit. Sunnyside, Sunnyside's house of brands include Mindy's, Good News, Cresco, Florical, and many others. And as, as I say before, my favorite are Sativas, and they're from Good News. They're called Fraye. They're rechargeable. They have a rechargeable vape pen. They have carts. Perfect for great moments with the crew. Through August, through this whole month, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need and elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or Illinois med card holder. And Sunnyside asks you two gentlemen, which Chicago athlete made you happy this week? Ooh. Um, Khalil Copper had a great game the other night. 
and she's been killing it since the All-Star break. So that was my Athlete of the Week. That's good. Ooh, really putting me on the spot. You can you can do anything. You can do anything. Nathaniel Ratliff in the Knights. There you Wits. go, yeah. I'm going tonight, so Herb and Sean will stop talking about it and, uh, we, no. in all the game time reads. No, Sunday, we're going to get a full book report from you of how they did. And the set list, <laughs> that they did that book song report. that I like. That one? Yeah, that one song. I bet oh, they'll man. play it. The one like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'll bet I they'll play it. I don't know. Yeah, the new single songs. actually was really good. I heard it on the radio. I was like, oh, that's even better than the last one. Yeah. Let's go. And yeah. I heard that venue's pretty good. So I'm going to be uh, going to that venue, I think, later on this year for a concert. So I'm looking forward to it. Is it brand new? It, uh, it was brand new. new last year i think so this is year two i think but uh i drive by it every day on the way down here and uh, i'm excited this is the first time i'm going to a show there salt shed oh yeah Yeah. i've heard a lot of good stuff about that yeah Uh, and let's tell you about lewis university at lewis university students are just like you full-time jobs they have families and full-time sports fandoms as we do go back to school and earn your respect degree at lewis university it's 35 miles southwest of chicago in the beautiful city of romeoville ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges, Lewis partners with numerous employers to, for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to their classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. Speaking of Lewis University, I'm looking right outside of our Studio B, Lewis University's proudest alum right there. Jay Zawoski. I mean, hey. I remember the first time I ever met Jay Zawoski. I was visiting my friend Jill Lehu, who went to Lewis University. I met Jay Zawoski, and he had some uh, he had some good, kind words for me. And then eventually, like literally two months later, we're both working as uh, SCORE interns or SCORE uh, workers. He was an intern first. I worked there, so it's been a long time. I it was two thousand. Man, I've known Jay for a long time. <laughs> Man, I'm old. <laughs> Looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in professional certificate program? Lewis has the right program for you. Whether you're choosing criminal justice, data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, Lewis has you covered. And if you're an adult undergrad program, they have a lot of those, like in computer science, aviation maintenance and technology certificate, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, and technology programs. Discover a degree from Lewis University can build you for a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. That is lewis, L-E-W-I-S-U dot E-D-U slash you can do this. Spelled out. Y-O-U-C-A-N-D-O-T-H-I-S. That is Spelling me champ. Yeah, I'm glad you did that because that is a little confusing to the listeners. The Lewis letter U and then U person can do this come on lewis yeah, yeah. that's kind of an admonition you should, um yeah. it's i get the slogan but yeah let's you go back to this. the drawing board yeah you <laughs> can do this guys so go to lewis university right now let's get on to the position of choice let's go with catcher because that is specifically a position that i think the white Sox a hundred percent got to upgrade this year, Yasmati Grandal is not going to be back next year. He's his last year of his contract. You can't go into the year with Sebi Zavala as your starting catcher. I know they have Corey Lee down in the minors. They'll probably be up this year later on. But going into the 2024 season, when your stated goal is to compete, having one of your positions as a rookie catcher is going to be tough. So... They have these <laughs> free agent catchers to pick from. It's not a great list. I was like, why'd you laugh? <laughs> Yasmani Grandal is going to be a free agent, so he's not coming back. Jan Gomes is with the Cubs right now. It's a club option. Gary Sanchez out in um, San Diego is having a good power year, but he's not really a great catcher. Austin Hedges, the opposite. He's a good glove, never a good bat. Same thing with Martin Maldonado. Mitch Garver is having a decent year, but not the 2019 year he had with the Minnesota Twins. Tucker Barnhart, also a Cub, former Cub, Victor Caratini, Roberto Perez, and Tom Murphy. Those are just a preview of the catchers that I looked up. Tom Murphy? That's his name. This is a real, this is is not someone you've made up? Average name, average game. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's just some accountant that uh, started playing catcher, apparently. But are anybody on that list catching your fancy as a person that can be a bridge builder to win a Corey Lee or Edgar Caro is ready to take over the reins? Well, I'll tell you what name jumps off the screen. I don't know if it fits exactly what you might be looking for in, in what they would go do, but Martin Maldonado just... Caught with Corey Lee in Houston. And Corey Lee, when we talked to him last week, had rave reviews for Martin Maldonado and everything that he learned from him. Um, Now, 
as you just mentioned, the reason that Sebi Zavala probably wouldn't be the starter going into next year is because the bat is nowhere near as good as what he has done with the pitchers, the work that he has done behind the plate. Um, he's only hitting like a buck 50 or something like that right now. That's not going to cut it as a start, number one catcher. So there might be, I don't want to say pressure, but there might be a lot hinging on what Corey Lee does if he gets an opportunity here at the end of the season to come up and play. If he can come up and translate the minor league success that he's had offensively into some major league offensive success, which is a lot to ask of a guy who hasn't played much major league baseball, you could the White Sox could conceivably say, Corey Lee, you're going to be our number one catcher. You don't usually use the word every day when it comes to catcher because of their workload and whatnot, but their number one catcher maybe Martin Maldonado can come aboard as a guy who can not only help continue to help Corey Lee along, but eventually help Edgar Caro along, and then also contribute on the cultural front to what the White Sox are trying to do as well. A guy who's been around a ton of winning uh, and, you know, kind of knows how to get get things done from uh, uh, the standpoint of handling a pitching staff. So, that jumps off the screen. Does it solve the problem of the White Sox need an upgrade statistically at the position? I don't know, but it ju- it does uh, uh, catch my eye as a guy who could come in and provide some things that they could need, particularly from a team building standpoint, moving moving toward the future. And I think that's a catcher that is a no nonsense guy coming from a organization with the Houston Astros that knows how to you know, developed talent, knows what is real. And uh, if they're talking about culture building and a person that needs to, you know, put the foot down when things go a little awry, I think Martin Maldonado would be a perfect catcher. He's been with the Cubs. He's been with Houston. Of of course, he's been around the league for, you know, a number of teams. I think the pitching staff would absolutely love Martin Maldonado. Here's another one. Is he... A former Kansas City Royal, I believe. He is. Yes. He was the yeah. catcher. Oh yeah. When Tim Anderson got into it with Brad Keller, he was on. The, he was the cat. He was the catcher that day. But I, I would, I want to go back and see. Was Pedro Grifol, um coaching with that team? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So yeah. there's the experience there, and I don't think even with that incident and the larger scope of what it meant. I would hope, at least, that Maldonado and and Tim Anderson would have a mutual respect for what each other were trying to do that day. There's there's the the kind of line between no nonsense and quote-unquote red ass, (laughs) but I haven't seen that from Maldonado. He was always well-liked in Houston. He caught a good staff there, and I think that's a good bridge, even if you're even if you're espousing that you're going to contend for the playoffs next year. If he hits 220 and plays good defense, you can live with that as long as you've done well at the other positions on the field, I would expect. And then you have the room to either have your minor league catcher let him develop properly before rushing him up to the major leagues. So I would go Maldonado too all the way. I'm looking, and we were talking last night to Jarrett Willis, who was our CHO, uh, one of our beat reporters too. He was talking about Jan Gomes and what he's done with the Cubs this year. And, of course, Jan Gomes, I remember him from the Cleveland Indians back in the day where he was just both a good catcher and also with the bat, he was pretty decent. And this year with the Cubs, he's not that bad, actually. If you get what Jan Gomes is doing this year with the Cubs next year with the White Sox, I think you're cooking with gas because we don't necessarily – the White Sox necessarily need a power bat at catcher. They just need a guy who's not a negative force. Like – Sebi is so bad offensively that his great catching gets negated by the the poor offensive stats. And, you know, happened to be out versus favorite team, the New York Yankees, which he does well versus and hits home runs versus. So I would be fine with Sebi as the backup, but a guy like Jan Gomes who can lead the team and uh, have a no-nonsense attitude. Uh, Gary Sanchez is more offensively inclined if you want to go that way, but I don't know how well he can catch and how well he commands from a pitching staff because he's been, what, in Minnesota and he's the Yankees, and I don't think there's ever been like a, you know, man, that that uh, that Gary Sanchez, he calls a great game. I never heard that, but he might have. So uh, Jan Gomes would be the perfect bridge guy because he's 36, so you won't – be looking for him for the future one year. And if Corey Lee's ready to, to take over in the midseason next year, cool. Gary, uh, Gary San, I mean, um, Jan Gomes could be the backup or Sebi Zavala, whoever needs to be the backup at that time. And the White Sox would be fine with that. But as we go to the other position, I know that second base is Sosa. There's other players available in the White Sox farm system, but 
this is a position they haven't solved in a long time. So here are the free agents, which I think there's a couple guys in here that if they sign them in this offseason, you would be fine. And I think White Sox fans would be actually hyped if they got somebody on that left side of the, the ledger, you know, much less, you know, the two, the second guy. But some of those guys, Adam Frazier, Harrison, Brad Miller. He could wh- come back after his great stint with the Bulls back, back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> uh, Produce finest. And you got to fight with Shaq. Shaq almost took his yeah, head off. Shaq I seem to remember him getting in a fight with several people. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was that Kings Brad Miller and Shaq like threw a right hook that oh, almost killed him. Yeah, it would have decapitated. Oh my him. god, it was so scary. I was like, oh my god, it's not it's not time for Brad Miller to die today. There was what? the there was the famous poster of Jordan, you know, with the, the wingspan holding yeah. out like that. If you remember when Miller uh, in, in that Bulls Celtics series. Brad Miller hit a, hit a shot and yeah, put his hands up with the three celebration like this. And I'm like, that's the poster we need. Forget MJ with the wingspan. We need every Bulls fan needs a poster of Brad Miller doing the uh, three celebration. Rajon Rondo flagrant fouled Brad Miller at the end of game five, and the Bulls would have won that series. I will say that to the end of this day. I don't care what happened. I don't care what happened after that. But they did not call that flagrant foul. And if we had Brad Miller on the White Sox at second base, A, it can't be worse than the way they have this year <laughs> offensively. You're not, you're, not, you're not hitting anything over him. No. no. He's seven feet tall. He's got a good range. Just stand right there, Brad. <laughs> Catch anything in this radius, a wingspan. Otherwise, don't move, brother. But Whit Merrifield has a uh, mutual option with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's uh, got, kind of gotten his game back out there in Toronto where at the end of his Kansas City uh, tenure, he was kind of falling off the wayside. He's a little long in tooth. I think he's like 34, 35 now, but... Bring, bring in all the Royals. <laughs> I no, mean, I said last night, like if they're trying to get Salvador Perez and I see that as Pedro trying to get a lieutenant to forward his battle standard, understanding what he wants and what the Royals way is. And if they're going to have Pedro on the team, if he wants to do things and set the culture as the leader, because he says there were no leaders that he thought they were um, a couple days ago. Having a guy like Salvador Perez, who will be available via trade, maybe, with the White Sox almost tried to get, or Whit Merrifield, who is used to, uh, used to what Pedro does, you can have another lieutenant. But also, as Jared pointed out, if you need a lieutenant, maybe you're not the guy for the job. But I would get uh, Whit Merrifield for this offensive stats just alone and the versatility. You know, if next year, if Oscar Colas struggles in right field, Whit Merrifield has played a decent right field in Toronto, so there's a lot of options available. Any of those names uh, strike your fancy as a guy that can come in here next year, and also Alberto Mondesi, also former Oriole, that strike your fancy that could be coming in here next year and provide anything for the White Sox at second base. I've always liked Kike Hernandez. I think he's just... It's, it's odd to see a guy like that go back and forth as much as he has from L.A. to Boston to L.A. Um, I don't think he would be a bad option, but he wouldn't be as good as Adam Frazier, certainly, um, even with Merrifield at this point. Um, and Josh Harrison for the vibes and what he brings to the clubhouse. Our guy Steven would not like that. I feel, I feel that. I get it. There's so much you can do for vibes. He did He did too much of the uh, revving up of the motorcycle. He doesn't like that? What's wrong with oh, that? Steven's the, the Steven oldest, doesn't like anything. The oldest 30-year-old ever. <laughs> Steven Nicholas, our producer usually. Our producer today is Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, you're, like you're, more, you're more old school, right? Would you, do you, do you uh, like the, yeah. the high-stepping and the, the yeah, motorcycle revving yeah, that yeah. Josh Harrison yeah. did last it's year? It's called fun. Yes, yeah, exactly. Fun yeah. is good. Steven's a 30-year-old. like, if he would have did the Reverend up or the high step, and he would be at third. Like, how many Steven, <laughs> Steven wants every double to actually be an out at third base. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he would prefer okay. people ran hard get and get thrown out at third base by a mile <laughs> than take the easy double. Yeah, so I, I, I'm hesitant for Josh Harrison because we've been there. We've done that. It's been there. It's... It's not that great. It's decent defense. Offensively, it's not that great. But those guys on that list, it's just underwhelming. And I think the White Sox would more likely go as a trade route or bring one of the youngsters up like Sosa. But if any, anybody on that list that you see and like, okay, I got it. I mean, I'm not, I got to be honest with you, I'm not terribly impressed with Lenin Sosa. Obviously, the AAA numbers have been fantastic, but yeah. he has gotten some small run at the major league level and really hasn't done anything oh, at yeah. all with it. Um, Jose Rodriguez, we'll see, I guess, you know, he's, but, but when we talk about guy, a guy like Corey Lee, who might be up at the end of this year, who might, you know, find his way there, he's a little bit more matured, it would seem, uh, down there in the minor leagues. Again, Sosa's numbers down there are fantastic. And does he deserve a 
shot? Sure, he deserves a shot. But again, it's that certainty and it's that what are you going to do to make yourself a contender next year? I don't think the answer is what we're going to give 150 games to Lenin Sosa and cross our fingers. I think you would like to see something different. Um, but listen, that's going to cost you, right? I mean, Whit Merrifield is being talked about as a guy who fans would be okay with having. The guy was an all-star this year. He's having a very good offensive season, but he's going to be expensive. If he doesn't, if he declines that option to, to become a free agent, he's, he's going to cost a lot of money. He's already making uh, some money and he's going to be making more uh, by this time next year. So, um, We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I think one of those names would probably be a good start. But if you go too far down that list, you, they're just doing what they did the last two years, right? Mm -hmm. Josh Harrison last year, Elvis Andrews this year. Uh, it's just plugging a hole with you know an inexpensive veteran who's who has done it before but there's no guarantee that they're going to do it again so um they're in a tough spot at second base they have been for a long time as white Sox fans well know um is Lenin Sosa the long-term answer I guess the the uh, the other argument is you never know until you try right yep. uh but again I I think that you saw what they did this year when they came into the year with Oscar Colas as the basically the crowned right fielder yep. And he put up good numbers at AAA, didn't he? He and, did. and he's not doing a lick of anything uh, in the major leagues with the exception of hitting that home run last night. But um, you see you see the risk level there in anointing a prospect who hasn't done it before at the major league level. Not to say it can't work, but... Um, they're going to need they're going to need to address that position because it's one of the, like you alluded to earlier one of the few places on the field they can make they have the opportunity to make a significant upgrade and after the break we'll talk to chris about what the chicago sky did and maybe the white Sox could follow their pattern because they did have a mass exodus at the sky after winning a championship and now they look like they're a little bit better than they were at the beginning of the year but if you look right behind Vinny, you'll see a Tim Anderson FOCO bobblehead. Those sack decorations were donated by the awesome people at FOCO, so go show them some love. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. It's baseball season, so get yourself fitted in some Aloha shirts, some straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for the game. Check out FOCO.com. Let's see. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. This is the Tim Anderson uh, CTA bobblehead as it has the Sox 35th Redline Station prominently featured here. They need they need to make more CTA bobbleheads, I think. Love. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's cool. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Pretty uh, much accurate too. Of course, Foco got the uh, yeah, the details. Is. All is there solid. a guy? Is there a guy selling beers out of a cooler? At the yeah, bottom? I was gonna <laughs> say, where's the guy with the peanuts on the uh, on the corner of uh, of Wentworth and Thirty uh, Fifth? There, the guy uh, preaching uh, <laughs> preaching the uh, thing, and I put my earphones in immediately. Like, uh, I'm good, dude. Wait, are we you. talking? No, you're talking about the old Navy guy. Oh people? no! Yeah, that guy too. He's you know with the oh, microphone telling oh, everybody they're going to hell and yeah, stuff. No, that not that guy. Yeah, yeah. Just some random dude going from car to car. Like, yeah, let me tell you about the where to Jesus. I'm like, oh, I'm good. What? I'm I haven't good. been on the red line that much as I used to. <laughs> man. Oh man, whenever I go in public transportation, gotta have the Beats, gotta have the earphones. And so I hit my mic. Gotta have the headphones on so no one to talk to me. And then when I get out of the um, the public transportation, either the red line or the blue line. Every time I got like motion sickness because I'm like staring down at my phone <laughs> and just zoning out so I don't want to talk to anybody. And then I get up like, oh, God, this is uh, terrible. That's what's going, getting old is, Chris. I used to not have that because I used to red, ride the red line all the time. But now since I got a car and such, you know, going the red line seems like I'm going poverty, which is weird. I love the red line. The Chicago's the best city in the world because of the public transportation. Because of the red line? The, Chicago's the best city in the world because of the because public of the transportation. Because of public transportation. Like, public I, that's what makes it the best city well, in the world? It puts them over <laughs> other things. Like, if you ever go to L.A., San Diego, their public transportation is absolute trash. You and California. And while, while the BART is good there. up there in the Bay Area, it is filthy. I CTA, know, I hate for that. how dirty it is, is... A little pristine yeah. than the BART and all the I mean, rest of the places. Chicago over New York 
Every day of the week. Every yes, day. in New every York, aspect. New York subway yes. though is terrible. Better system. Oh, I love it. No, it I, love, I love. It's the too New York much. Subway. It is terrifying. You can get anywhere. It is. No, you the, can. Yeah. It's, it is like going down into like the caverns where Dracula lives. Dude, yeah. I love it. Exactly. That's the, the mole people. I love I, the mole people. Every time I get Shout to take to a, a new New York subway line, I'm excited. I'm like, where am I going now? <laughs> yeah. A train, the one, the six, the seven, the like the express. Like it's confusing. I have just regular colors. It's cool though. Like you're like. Four layers deep because there's trains on top of trains uh-huh. all underground. It's a nu- it's, it's fantastic. It's I crazy. love it. And you're on an island. Nuts. It's it's gross. And that city's way too. <laughs> it's big. a gross experience. I will say this: the one I will, sh- the only one other, uh, I will shout out. The only other one I will shout out: DC. DC. DC, DC Metro is, is very good. Yes. Yeah. And the, the stations are just beautiful. Gigantic. They're huge. They're really <laughs> big and Don't really Don't tell wide. Nats fans who want to stay to a game that... Well, that's the problem. 11. That's the problem. That's why it's not as good as the CTA, or it, certainly not as useful, because they late. all turn off at like 9 o'clock oh, at night. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's weird. That's yeah. just weird, weird. Let's go to Hooters. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to the plate for world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches and salads, and more. Tons of great beer specials, $6 drinks, and every, all day, every day. Check out seafood specials that are for 1983 for a pound of crab legs, great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. Hooters is celebrating 40 years in business all year long. In honor of the anniversary, on the 4th of every month, Hooters will be hosting a throwback event bringing back the 80s and eight for 83-cent wings and other great specials. The next one they have is in September on what day? Labor Day. It's on the 4th, yeah. It's Labor Day. That is? That's what someone said on another podcast. That's true. Okay. That is Labor Day. That's true. White Sox play that day, everybody. Remember, schedule change. Oh, I forgot. They were originally off on Labor Day and then the uh, they're at Kansas City. And then so they're going to play a day game in Kansas City on on Labor Day and then the two night games. It's because of the football stadium or it's going to be occupied on On Thursday that they were supposed to play. So football takes place over baseball. It's the opening game, the opening game of the season, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The reigning champ, the the chief. Yeah. And the Lions about to be on. That's that's great. But who are the chefs? That's awesome. We're at a great commercial. Snickers used to run things. Great googly moogly. (laughs) And got to tell you about becoming a CHGO diehard. We are having our CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill, August 25th at 9 a.m. It's 18 holes with a cart, exclusive CHGO pins and aces golf towel for all players. Hole contests, giveaways, prizes, lunch, drinks, and ceremony after the round. If you want to get a discount, become a diehard at allchgo.com. You get podcasts, live shows on every team every day, including our guy Chris, who does a Chicago Sky podcast, post-game shows like we do here on CHGO White Sox, premium written content from members, for our members, like from Vinny Duber, Adam Hogue, etc. at allchgo.com, and 20% off all events. Dope merch for all teams and a free T-shirt like the one I have on right now. It's my the eight bit T-shirt with a running back and a guy from uh, Detroit. Probably Beautiful. I don't know if I could say the names in there. I think you can. That's okay. You don't know if you the guy sweetness. the running back sweetness. Yes, that's not the, that. we'll go with that. That's one. not trademarked. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't oh. think so. Is it? I don't know. It's lowercase a- s. <laughs> yeah, there's just some sweetness. I'm on that talking shirt. about the song by Jimmy Eat World. Exactly, that's the one. Uh, yeah. Are you listening? There's more oh. than one. <laughs> The middle more than one song by Jimmy Eat World. I know the one. I didn't know there was a second one. Sweetness was the second single. You can't talk shit about Jimmy Eat World. The harmony right there. Yeah, it's a great song. I think an NHL game introduced me to Jimmy Eat World. Great, great band. Those two songs. I would never expect the Jimmy Eat World on the NHL ninety any or two thousand anything. No. I wouldn't. I would. I'm surprised. Yeah. And then there was a song from Queens of the Stone Age also. Oh, that makes sense. The that one song that I, I know. yeah, that seems more hockey. Nowhere, no one knows. Oh, oh that's a fantastic, awesome track. song too. But you get the free shirt when you become a <laughs> member, a CHEO diehard member. Members only Discord. You can talk, and when we have our Monday mailbags, you can ask us questions. We'll answer them here on the CHEO podcast. So go there right now and join us for golf on August 25th, 9 a.m. Coghill number two. All right. Chris, you are a Chicago Sky fan, and uh, you've seen the the transition they've gone. I mean, James Wade is out. He just left as GM and coach, and he went to the NBA to become an assistant coach there. And a lot of players after the championship have left. Quiggs is gone. Vandersloot's gone. Parker's gone. So they had a big-time exodus. 
What do you see the parallels between this, what the Chicago Sky have gone through and what the Chicago White Sox are currently going through? And how can the White Sox look at the Chicago Sky and say, all right, we should do that? The Sky were at a tipping point. That was the important thing. When they won the championship, they had the biggest profile in the city that they had had in their entire history. They made the finals in 2015, but people didn't really notice. When they got started making the playoffs, the profile increased. They moved down for, to Wintrust Arena from Rosemont, and then they got Candace Parker in an effort to get to the championship. And that's when everything really took off. The next season, they got close, but you could tell things weren't the same, and then they lost. And then all the free agents left, and you're very, they were very much in danger of becoming an afterthought again. Now, this is more of a thought for a WNBA team uh, than an MLB team, especially one that's been established like the White Sox, for those exact reasons. But the hubris that the White Sox have shown and the trust that they have lost with the fan base puts them at a very similar tipping point than they wouldn't have been in in, say, 1988 or 1989. When Jerry Reinsdorf threatened to move the team, there were the Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox, and Cubs. The Blackhawks weren't on television. The Bears were national. The Cubs were coming off that appearance, what was it, 1989? yeah. But the games, there wasn't as much. There just wasn't as much to do with your time. We exist in a time of streaming services and smartphones, and everything is available the White Sox do not have the luxury of people, sports fans especially, or even just the people who are just like, what do I want to do today? Looking up the TV and saying, oh, there's a baseball game on, or looking up highlights or turning on the radio and saying, oh, there's a baseball game on. They can very easily switch to something else within a matter of seconds. They are losing trust with their core fan base, and if they're not already turning off the casual fans who might want to be interested in the team – they're going to lose them soon with this, with the attitude that they've shown, not putting up Keenan Middleton's name on the scoreboard. Like, what was that? Everybody notices that. It's not going by the wayside. It's not unseen or unheard. So what the Sky did was that they brought in Dwayne Wade as well as other well-known ownership from around the league, primarily women, who are not only going to bolster their team's profile, they're going to have amenities for players and marketing better for fans. They're trying to put in practice facilities close to the close to the arena in the city so players don't have to live up north in Deerfield like the Bulls did all those years ago when they played at the Birdo Center. Yep. They're trying to market better to fans, especially their core fan base, which is families and uh, queer people of color. The Sky knew that they were on the verge of losing a lot of the goodwill and support that they'd built up. And so they made an effort to bring that back soon. And even if it's not shown necessarily in the record, they're 12 and 16 players. They brought in players who are committed. They brought in players James Wade did, who they he said wanted to compete this year rather than kicking it to the draft and saying, well, we're going to compete next year, get Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, which is a gamble, but it's a gamble that kept fan interest alive with the players that they've gotten. The White Sox are saying, the only thing they've really said is that they want to compete next year, which they haven't put themselves in a position to do so, and they've cratered a lot of the goodwill that they had built up in 2016-17 when they committed to a rebuild that looked to be bearing fruit. As soon as the fruit started bearing, they cut the whole fucking tree down. <sighs> the problem is with the, is with the front office, and it's just they, they don't seem to have the recognition of what people... It's, it's like they think they're operating with a, with a one-way mirror, and it's a two... Everybody can see you. And everybody can see that the clothes are rapidly falling off the emperor's back. So they just have to recognize that this fan base can easily go do something else. A lot of the people that I know and and found on Twitter are following players, individual players on other teams now. As much as they love the White Sox, it's not worth their time anymore. And I just think they need to recognize that people can go do something else if they don't feel like it's worth it. Well stated, and just to be fair for the White Sox, they said last night, and they let off the uh, email um, last night, the omission was not intentional. This is the Keenan Middleton not being on the scoreboard or on the ribbon board. The omission was not intentional, but resulted because of duplicate players listed under one uniform number on MLB's downloadable Yankees roster. Hmm. This glitch has arisen from time to time this season when multiple players have worn the same number for a team, and we regret it occurred tonight. So that is their statement. Well, if you believe it or not, whatever, 
That is their statement. Vinny, is there... I don't know. What the, What do you think the White Sox as a staff, as a front office, can do to get back the goodwill besides winning games? But and that's can, the only answer, Herb. That's it? That's the answer. That's it? That's the answer. Because here's the thing. We're gonna we're about to go watch an offseason. Let's say that that all the decision makers remain in their positions, right? They're gonna make an offseason where they are going to attempt to do what the title of this podcast is fix the White Sox, right? Along the way, they're gonna make moves like they did this last offseason. They did. Where they go out and they give a guy the biggest free agent contract they've ever done. For many fans, the only thing they've been asking them to do, go spend a lot of money on a player. They went out and they spent the most money they ever spent on a player, and people like Sean are still sitting there irritated that they even have to think about Andrew Benintendi, right? Because because they went out and got him, and it didn't change anything. Nope. They went out and did what everybody wanted them to do. Maybe not the same player, they, exact player they wanted that spent on, there but the point being that they went out and they spent money on a player that that's what you wanted them to do. And then... Guess what? It didn't change anything. Not only did it not change anything, where they were from at the end of last year, they're 22 games worse than they were last year. That's very bad. So they need to win. That's what they need to do. Because you know what? When teams are winning, as Rick Hahn mentioned, by the way, uh, the, uh, the other day when he was talking about all this team culture stuff, guess what? Their culture, he said, their culture wasn't perfect in 2021. They had issues in the clubhouse that they wish got better or wish didn't exist. But guess what? They ran away with the AL Central and people weren't talking about it. People weren't very angry about it. The the opinions and the stance that you just presented, Chris, are shared by a lot of people that I see on, on social media and our comments and everything. And you're more than welcome to feel that way. And that's very... Uh, um, a very educated, you know, uh, opinion based on all the decisions that has been made, I think, by by the White Sox. But the but the bottom line is, if they did everything the exact same way and they were 22 games above 500, people wouldn't be mad, right? There would be some there would be some things where you go, oh, that's weird. Oh, that's weird. But but it's not this general whole. Oh my God, we've lost the fans' trust. I mean, like. When I hear Rick Hahn say we have to get their trust, we have to get the fans' trust back, and the fans are are going, yeah, you do. We we don't trust you, kind of thing. Well, you didn't trust him because the thing that he did didn't work, right? They lost. Yeah, they lost. Nobody is pointing at a nobody is pointing at when their team wins a championship and going, oh my god, get rid of them. They're all doing everything wrong. It's so bad. Well, no, they just won a championship. They did exactly what you wanted. So I think that to to your point of doing stuff to cater to fans. Yes, they absolutely do. But I think they have always done that. I think if you look at a lot of the uh, things when you're inside the ballpark, the 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 heritage nights and the, the nights for every different communities, the, the, the things that this team does in the community on the south side and stuff like that, there, it's a big, long, impressive list. I mean, hell, Major League Baseball gave them an award for it at the winter meetings this past year for, for the ACE program and a lot of the other stuff that they do in the community. That stuff is all has all continued, but the team is no good. The team is losing. And so you're saying to me, how do they fix their relationship with the fans that seems so fractured, that seems so broken right now? They need to win. And the cultural stuff that was criticized earlier in the week and that has been under such a microscope for weeks and months now is is a is a is related to the losing, right? Their, their culture's no good, and so it was easy for them to fall apart. They couldn't handle a bad month at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, they need to improve the culture in the clubhouse, and that should help them win. Yeah, and for my part as a fan, I think bringing back Sox Fest and have yourself as sacrificial lambs. Just go up there with a mic, you, Kenny, Rick Hahn, Kenny, Jerry. I know Jerry won't do it, but Kenny and Rick, fire away. Have at it. Talk to them exactly. But why? How, why would they do that? Why would the White Sox do it? Yeah. Just because, you know, I don't think that Rick like deserves the job that he's at, but he needs to. That would, uh, at least for me as a fan, say that he's not hiding. Say that he's out there in front and understands that this fan base, because earlier in the year, he said something about, you know, the fans that you talk to are all negative and, you know, not the ones that I meet at Starbucks, which is weird because... Every White Sox fan I know doesn't like the White Sox culture, doesn't like the White Sox front office. And so that would give a glimpse into Rick Hahn to Rick Hahn and say, these fans are not just the Twitter people you'd say that are 
part of the cesspool. These people are actual people who buy tickets, season tickets, and they're angry that you, Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf, haven't contributed to a championship culture as you promised. Now, if this was just a thing where they were just trying to But do compete, you think people are going to say that nicely? No. No. But, then that's but you've got to be able to eat a loss in this day and age. You yeah. have to be able to stand up and say, I was wrong. And that's hard, I understand, for people who make a lot of money in sports to do so. But everybody, I know, I know we're talking about winning and we're talking about 2021. I don't know any person who at the very, who at the very least didn't say, the Tony LaRusa hire doesn't look great here, but I'm going to give it a chance. That was the best I heard. It wasn't anything like, this is a good hire for this team moving upwards from Rick Renteria. And that seemed to me, now for me, do, does not have your perspective, your background working alongside this team. I will fully admit that. But from the outside, I'm not sitting here defending the. Tony no, no, no I, I get that. I'm just saying that you had more experience in the in the locker room in the clubhouse, even with the front office people. But it looked like a move that was brought in just as a like favor to Jerry, rather than a, a move to help improve the team. And there were flaws, like Matthew Lucas said, that they didn't address coming off of 2020 and even 2021 that led to this. The the White Sox historically, their most successful period in team history came when when William Howard Taft was president. <laughs> like they have been, they have existed in the history of Major League Baseball. That's it. Technically, their most uh, successful was 2020 and 2021, which is sad. Oh, like they, went back, they went to the playoffs for the back-to-back -back seasons in the first time in team history. Mm -hmm. The band but did nothing. Chris, do you know how many times they've been to the playoffs? Vinny has said this a couple times. Oh, no, that. I know this. Um, let's see. 1906, 1917, 1959, 1983, 1993, 2000, 2005, 2008, and then 2021 and 2020. So You're missing one. What, oh, oh. Um, I missed 1918. it. 1918, right? 1919. Yeah, 1919. Yeah, I, that's why I missed it. Yeah. yeah, and so they've been to the playoffs 11 times. So yes, this period, the period that we are currently in, White Sox fans, is the golden age of White Sox baseball. Just oh. in terms of like winning a championship and being like a contending team, like there was a period in time where the White Sox were were clearly better than the New York Yankees. And then Calvin Coolidge came into office. And he, it's all his fault. Fucking <laughs> stop causing us the White it's Sox. All, just it's like all everybody silent said, Cal's fault. It was the White Sox and the Great Depression. That was all <laughs> Calvin Coolidge. They didn't do well for, with Herbert Hoover in either. But the perspective is there that they they have been out. When Domingo Herman threw that perfect game, they lost the spot that they had tied, the I think, the Yankees in most no-hitters for a team in, in history. And then they became second place. And then it's like, what is there to really lean on in this team's history outside of a handful of comets who have come across the sky and like Dick Allen, Frank Thomas, and, and the pitchers that they've had. They have not really, it, it seems like they have not, and, and Bill Veck, who was at his best an innovator, a showman, and a guy who did not win a lot of games when he was the owner. If you want to be a successful ball club and win, you have to show that you're willing to win and you have to show that you are willing to take the losses stand up front like an adult as well as the wins. And that's what I haven't seen this organization do in terms of Rick Hahn as the general manager. I, people wanted to give him a break. The Jerry was pulling the strings behind the, uh, behind the scenes. But what he's shown me just this week in talking with the press has shown me that he is not ready to take that step. That's what I need to see. When you put him at SoxFest, have him sit on the days and say, it didn't work out, we made mistakes. And if you have to take the meatballs with Charles from Villa Park every so often, then you got to do it. Hey, Charles. I hope Charles brings some Portillos at least oh, to Soxfest. Yeah, delicious. Do they have he's over. He's oh, over Villa Park, of course. Yeah, right. the, the original doghouse. He could also bring some diamonds from the jewelry exchange of Villa Park. <laughs> <laughs> he's got everything over there. I, this is not sponsored. This is what content. we get from the CHGO White Sox podcast. We get Calvin Coolidge, and we get the jewelry exchange brought up. Can we get or, some Adriana furs too? Oh, uh, I feel when the, when more when what's his face? When what's his face uh, played for the Twins, I forget uh, his first Ron name. Comer? I forget his name. It's I, I forget how to pronounce oh, his name. Yeah, I, his uh, last Adrianza. name. Oh, yeah. Ari Andrianza. Yeah. yeah, and so every time he come up, I would sing Andrianza first. <laughs> I think he's related to the Guians too. Oh, really? Wow. Ari Andrianza, oh, wow. I believe so. So yes. So where else are you going to get this type of information? We appreciate <laughs> you guys joining us. I mean, Chris has been a pleasure. Vinny's always great. We get this great information every time on CHGO White Sox. I just wonder what they do, what they would have did under Miller Fillmore's uh, in, uh, presidency. Well, oh, they didn't. 
didn't even exist. No, yeah, it was like yeah. 20 years until baseball was invented on the str- on the streets of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Can I give a quick shout out? It's your show, brother. My guy, Dave Lucas from high school. Uh, shout out to my guy, Dave Lucas from Beverly out in New York now. So he watches the show every single chance he gets. And he was he. He, uh, he heard you give me a shout out that I was going to be on the show. Three is so, right there, Dave Lucas. Dave, thanks for tuning in. Love you, my guy. Uh, we played, we we did a special project in English class once where he played guitar and I played trombone. And that was the English teacher said, like, that's what it's like when you're engaged. So, Dave, I have you to thank for making my English teacher think that I actually cared about that class. It was <laughs> a decent class. Dave Lucas, is he related to Matthew Lucas, who all of us, me, Herb Lawrence, Dave Lucas, and Matthew Lucas, part of the two first name uh, crew, can't trust us <laughs> at all. Um, I wonder if they're related. They're just right back and back to back in their comments right there. So I appreciate you coming in, Chris. We got to do this again. You can have me in for the Sky podcast, even though I don't, you know, watch the Sky religiously. You were the first person here that I saw wearing a Sky shirt, so we're gonna, we're glad to have you. Damn on. Damn straight, I got the light blue one, which doesn't, beautiful. It doesn't rock with me. I'm not a light blue guy. You know, Vinny knows. I wear black, blue, gray, white, muted it's, colors. Oh, if yeah. you give me a light blue shirt, which is, you know, all right, you can get it for yourself if you like light blue. But I had to get the black Sky shirt because it's much more my style. I can't be wear- out here wearing the colors. Like, my favorite <laughs> thing is the Illini. Every time I wear the orange shirt, I'm like, ugh, no. Ugh, just, just people looking at me. Big ass uh, thing you, of Kool-Aid. You say, that, you say that proudly, and you're like, yeah, meet me in front of cams, and we'll swing. Yeah, I just wear the blue shirts. and a little bit muted, and he's like, that's more Herb style. But... Enough of my rambling. Thank you, Lawrence Benedetto, who is our producer. You got it. A great guy who lives over there by Johnny's and got mad oh. when I didn't call him at like 11 o'clock. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> I your... walked right over. Yeah, I mean, it's 11 o'clock. Nice. You got kids and such. I don't yeah. want to be calling you that late. <laughs> that guy over to the left is Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat reporter. He'll be going Wave to... Wave like it's the jewelry exchange of Villa He's, Park. He... There it is. <laughs> With all the people in the... Damn oh, everybody's place. waving. There's so many people in the jury exchange. The guy in the middle is Chris Pennant. He's a CHGO Sky host. And myself, Herb Lawrence, Ectorwall23 on Twitter. Chris Pennant, say your uh, Twitter handle again. It's at Quandary Kitten, K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. And Vinny Duber is at Vinny Duber. Our usual host, Sean uh, W. Anderson, Sean underscore W underscore Anderson, was at Bruce Springsteen last night. He's having a two well-deserved days off and so still recovering from the oh boss my God, the boss he sang that song last night the rising see another song that's a the rising. One. i had f- three songs last night i said and he's like that's it it's like uh what i say uh the dancing in the streets it's but a different song by a different artist well, it's <laughs> dancing in the dark dancing, dancing in the, in the dark, dark is bruce Springsteen. Yeah. dancing in the streets is martha reeves and the vandellas well, it wasn't a political rally for somebody who didn't deserve it so they didn't play born in the usa you know? i Yes, I hear that song all the time. It's a good song. Yeah, it's, great. it's, it's not about <laughs> being born in the USA. Exactly. Well, I mean, it is, but not in a good way. Yeah. 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 So we're going to be back, me, Vinny, and Sean, on Sunday after the White Sox finish the game versus the Brewers. Well, Vinny will be at guaranteed rate watching the game, reporting for us live, and Sean and I will be in the studios. So we'll see you then, and hopefully the White Sox take two out of three from the Brewers themselves. Peace.